You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine, the show in which we use color films made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. And we climb through these windows and we investigate the world beyond. We poke around, we check out some of the items, we definitely watch the behaviors of the people. And while we do this, we ask some critical questions, such as these people we're looking at, by the way, who are these people? Who are they? What decisions are they making? What habits do they have? How are they treating one another? And most importantly, what are they wearing? And what do their living rooms look like? And at the end of the show, we're going to climb back through the window to modern times right now. You listening right now, we're going to come back to this time here. And we're going to answer the ultimate question on behalf of you, society of the 21st century, this movie that we just watched, we just investigated, you know, the world beyond the window we were just checking out. Uh, do we keep watching this? Or is this a thing that we're going to keep showing people and passing on to the next generation? Or should we just cast it aside and just let it float off into the distance, never to be heard from again? We will find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my international panel of experts at being human beings in the early 21st century, and also, I might add, the smartest people that I know. Starting on my left, Shrishma Naik. Hey, Trish. Hey, Justin. Listen, on your left, across the ocean, my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hey, sister. Woo-hoo. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. Today, we're talking about a little motion picture I like to call 1954's woman's world. There's a lot to be said about this picture. I think we can all agree. We've had a running commentary happening all day in the chat, and we've had some discussions before rolling tape here. And I feel like maybe everybody's on the same page with this one, but to be sure, let's check in with our one-line reviews. Trishma Nike across the table. Do you have a one-line review of woman's world? <laughs> yeah, it's a woman's world. Only if you're um, a trophy wife and want to have babies. <laughs> That's the woman whose world is. Now, listen, now, it depends on who you ask, though, because Mr. Gifford, like, if he sees that you're having babies, I mean, your life becomes that much more complicated, right? Because that implies that, like, when are you giving the company babies? We're going to get into it. I'm with you entirely. Carolyn Nowrose, do mm-hmm. you have a one-line review for Woman's World, 1954? Yes, I do. Um, I'm going to quote the opening song. Um, with a slight, uh, with a slight edit. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's a woman's world, but only because it's narrated by an old white man. Right. <laughs> True enough. And to follow. Can we also cue my eye roll noise drop? Oh, you want that sound now. right now? You want the, the sound? Yes. The, the sound of the eyes rolling out of your skull? Here they go. Mm-hmm. Oh, there they go. Well. We had animals. They'd be chasing <laughs> yeah, after them. Be careful. Should. The dogs. The dogs might pick up the one of your eyeballs. Yeah. Be, be careful. We should have a gunshot too. Should, just, just oh to to God. simulate your feelings during the the watching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. 
that's the only way. This is a this is a movie about a man's world, you guys. Mm-hmm. This is all about mm-hmm. men and their place in the world. I don't know why they called it woman's world. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Can I quote the end of the movie? It's a great big woman's world only because men are in yeah. it. <laughs> that was a line. Yeah, I know. It was a yeah. line in this movie. Can we talk about the sparkly globe that we open with? A woman's world is covered in glitter. In glitter. <laughs> is that glitter or is it where like the the cities are most populated? No, that's glitter. This no. this is the Sahara Desert. Yeah. That's not the Sahara Desert. Right here? Yeah, it is. That's the light from your lamp. No, it's still there. I'm moving it around. I'll move it down to this one. I thought it was there. Like, it is. <laughs> I thought it was like where it's the most populated. That's where like all the lights were concentrated. Nah, it's uh, it's just really, glitter. It's I just they just pasted some. <laughs> I gave them more credit. They got a styrofoam ball from the hobby shop. They painted the glow Elmer's on glue. Yeah, it's an Elmer's glue. <laughs> And they roll it in some sparkles, and it's a sparkly <laughs> world. Because you fucking so ladies, when you world. when you inherited the world, you covered it in fucking glitter. Did we? Yeah, you did. Did we? You did. Okay. Proof is right here. Now, this movie was made by men, of course. The real star of this movie is oh, New God. York City. For a good, like, two or three minutes, I think. They were oh, my there. God. There was so much file footage of New York City. And we open with some voiceover from, yes, Mr. Gifford. Who runs an old white man? He's, he's an old white man with an old white man's mustache, and he runs an automobile company called Gifford. And his name is Gifford. And his name is Gifford. His father he's built this Gifford. company and was was also a Gifford. And he's proud to say that he's made the value of the company five times larger than when he inherited it or whatever. Point is, he is, so he's the president of the company, Mr. President, right? And he's got a Mr. General Manager whose name was Mr. Briggs, or yeah, Mr. Briggs, who has recently passed away. And so he's we- really about yeah, Everybody's so bummed out about it. Mr. Gifford goes upstairs and he's, so we get, again, we just listen to his mumbly monologue where he talks about his life and everything and we're supposed to really give Feel a Feel sorry about for it. Oh, him yeah, yeah. Or we're like supposed connect. to care. Like, I don't know. And be impressed, you know, don't, don't forget like five times more value, Shrishma, that's huge. Huge profits, huge returns. So we get to see him as, and he wanders into Mr. Briggs' old office, which is this incredible circular wood paneled, masterpiece of an office it looks like a a bit like the dynaxian house a big do you think that uh because we never meet mr gifford's wife we only meet his sister wait is he married do you i don't i don't think he's married that maybe he and mr briggs his is like he's mourning the passing of his general manager because he'll miss the hand lovers yeah okay okay that could be except (laughs) True, fair, <laughs> fair possibility. I just, I assumed. Why don't you finish? Well, then? a couple of points. Right. Number one, he's a very. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. No, no, say it. No, I'm no. Not, <laughs> no, I will not. Number two, when we go to his country estate later, right. in the the trophy room, you'll recall. Yes, he has pictures of. He has framed pictures of his his trophies, his conquests. Those are all his broads that he's Yeah, bagged. that's what I was, they were women, right? Yeah, They're yeah. all pictures of different women. So that's what made me think, Carolyn, was that, okay, why would he have this up? Like, surely his wife would have a problem with him hanging pictures of all his old flings up in the, the country estate. But then I, it occurred to me that we haven't heard anything about his wife. So I'm assuming that he represents, he's a symbol for the company and the company's general attitude of 
the work comes before your family, which is something that he underlines very explicitly in the text of the film. Yeah. So, and that we also heard in the man in the gray flannel suit. Yeah, of course. Mm. Right. This is how you make it in the woman's world. Of course, you women make us all, all this men working overtime. Um, like even when he was selecting, like, like he kept, I think there was one point he asked the question, like, um, he required them to be like completely dedicated to their job. So he's probably like chosen that path in his life and he you know, wants to choose a man would do the same but yeah. also maybe he because he was getting candies who... from- <laughs> <laughs> he wants to choose a man who's willing to get rid of his wife in order to take right, the job exactly. hand jobs would make a board meeting way more fun in any context by the way <laughs> is that way I've never been a member of a board though is that what everybody's doing Just well no. have you ever been on a okay <laughs> all right never mind I'm not gonna what is finish that, that one. <laughs> all right anyway so Mr. What Briggs great. he is <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Sometimes you get bored. Listen. <laughs> I don't so, know. Moving right along. <laughs> so he's chosen he's chosen three his three top salespeople from around the country because Gifford Automobiles, it's a national treasure, right? It's it's out there. He's he's got He's got chains and lots all over the country. So he's picked his highest three selling people, his best salespeople, and he's invited them with their wives. And he explains this philosophy of, you know, really, this is also going to be an interview of the wives, too, because the woman behind the man will let him know his level of commitment to the whatever, to the the business and all of this. And they're just as important. And they also will be in their own special ladylike way, the face of the business. So then we, yes, we go to a very smoky sales convention ballroom. It's just like, look at these guys. I mean, all of these, and this is not even, I don't think these guys even have the excuse of being the greatest generation. I, I, all these guys that I'm looking at right now are so old that I think they probably wouldn't have been in the military 10 years prior. I think they would have been too old at that point. So they didn't even liberate Europe. If you're not liberating Europe, get the fuck out of my house. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Mm. Shrishma? Capitalism. Did you-, <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Preach, sister. I got you. Enough said, right? Mike, drop. <laughs> so these guys, you know, we we wander into this ball, this very smoky ballroom. Everybody's suited. Everybody's smoking. They are having. Look at the smoke pouring out of this man's head right over here. Good God! And then over here, we have we have a big model car that they're. Uh, this, it was a cake. This is what they're having for dinner. Is a, is a big old model space car. There it is. Anyway, we everybody sort of convenes there. You know, Mister Mister Gifford is there, sort of glad handing, and you know, everybody's. There are no women. There's not lives. a woman to be seen. And meanwhile, upstairs, everybody's getting ready, and they all kind of converge outside of the elevators. So we get the entire main cast here for the very first time. What I loved about this in particular, though, is that as each couple arrives, each man does that thing where they all push the elevator mm. button. Like, hey, I'm clearly couple number one over here. 
I know how an elevator works. You know, I pushed that button. Why are you coming up behind me and then pushing the button again? And then the third couple comes and they do the, the guy does the exact same thing. I'd like to say that that is telegraphing, you know, like we're making fun of the dudes or whatever, but this is 1954. So right. I don't think so. I think they were just doing that. I think that was a performance it was choice. Just like a, this is what I, I do. Habit. I have to press. Yeah. It. When I see elevator, I push me push button. <laughs> so there it is. What I didn't understand in this scene is why, um, Lady Talbot stayed behind. She took her flower off she, or her corsage off. So she goes over to, and I remember this distinctly because I stopped on this shot because I liked the look of this oh, ashtray. elevator ashtray. Mm-hmm. This is a new type of ashtray. I've never seen this before. Ashtray specific to the elevator waiting scenario. So if your elevator is taken... <laughs> taking too goddamn long and you need to have a fucking cigarette, you can do that safely and not drip your ashes all over the lovely Plaza Hotel. But she takes this off and then just leaves it there. And I'm guessing that's because it is masking her breast and she wants to make a big entrance. That's the other part of it too, is that I'm not going to go in with the rest of them. I'm going to come in later. So she blows into the ballroom after re-exposing herself in the way that she feels comfortable as is her right as an autonomous woman, of course. And we get this really creepy scene where Carol Talbot, she comes in, boobs akimbo, making an entrance, right? And Gifford falls for it, hook, line, and stinker. And he's, he walks over there and he's like, oh, hello, you know? And he starts making some time with her and everything. And she talks about, she, you know, grabs a glass of bubbly and just talks about how she's just going to relax. And he says something disgusting, like you relax very effectively. And he sort of ogles her as she reclines in this throne-like chair in this ballroom. I'm not going to try to match wits with you, Mr. Gifford. I'm just going to listen and relax. I must say you relax very effectively. And it's awful. And I think, well, let me see if I have a picture of it. But also we've got a little relaxing, perving ashtray over here, uh-huh. of course. You know, uh-huh. if there's a flat surface, we know this, of course. There's a flat surface. There's an ashtray going on it. This is a very smoking-heavy movie. 1954, smoking is still on the menu. We have seen it sort of phase out. If we look at the spectrum of smoking during our era that we're investigating here, we do see towards the 60s. This does sort of leave the equation. Now, you know, we did those beach movies, very low smoking, except for Frankie had a smoking problem. He couldn't get a cigarette to stay lit in his mouth for more than two drags or whatever. But that really is the limit of it. So, but here we have adults doing adult things in a big old adult city in a big old adult movie. Well, not adult movie, but we have. Grown-ass men ogling boobies. Let's just take a look at everybody's faces here. Is that her? That's her husband. That's her husband. Right? He's okay. entitled to look He's, that way. Yeah. Are, this is yeah. Tony, the nephew, Mr. Gifford's nephew. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He's getting quite a quite a look from back there. <laughs> this guy, he's looking at Tony. Interesting. <laughs> he's ogling Tony, and she's looking at him. Uh, okay, so it's a real uh, oh, lo- love rhombus or whatever. But boob rhombus, boob rhombus, rhomboid boobies, right? Uh, are bunch of man babies, are rare in nature, at but they boobies. are very effective. Uh, yeah, so she's relaxing effectively, and I must say, you relax very effectively. Mr. Gifford then gives a speech. His guests of honor having arrived at the big gala, he gives a speech where he sort of calls them out and celebrates them and how they are the the top salespeople of the year and so on and so forth. And But he considers them all to be tax deductions, of course. And I wish to present their charming wives, 
who are also tax-deductible and as pretty a set of tax deductions as will pass through the Treasury Department this year. Which is a compliment, I guess. They then go to dine at the Stork Club. And the Stork Club is a very jazzy type of dance place. These two were looking at Sid Burns and Jerry Talbot here just smoking at the table. I did want to point out this branded Stork Club ashtray and Matchbook as well. I mean, this place is, has its branding down. So that's really that's does. pretty hot. And they all have their, their champagne and everything. Anyway, Sydney asks Jerry if he likes to dance. And Jerry says, yes, but let's sit this one out. And I guess that's a joke as well. Like that's supposed to be wordplay as in he's trying to start a conversation of like, so do you like to dance? Which has never happened between two men of this ilk anyway, where you're at a table together. And it's like, so you like to, hey, Carl, you like to dance? Sure, Bob. Right. Like what? Do But do we think, I'm going to go with this theory here. This is like listening to the piano man and realizing at some point in your life that there's the whole line where it's like um, Davy, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life, oh. is talking to, um, I think it's Bill, the real estate novelist who never had time for a wife. Yeah. And you're like, are they lovers? This movie. So I'm just going to say here, I'm going to point out, wow. ultimately at the end, Talbot gets it. Do we think his wife is overly sexual with everyone else because she's really his beard and and Gifford is actually such a quote unquote unmarried cad because he is also homosexual. So therefore... It's Talbot has to uh, divorce his his wife in order to be the single man GM to Gifford. Listen, these these that would be that would equate to some Machiavellian hand jobs right. happening in the boardroom. There, that's a lot of that's a lot of persona switching, couple switching. Swat. He did get rid of her by the end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So, no, he's he's free and easy. He it can, all tracks. He can help Everything. old man Gifford out whenever he saying, needs it, it. Whenever that thing comes to very life, very easy for him to like be like, get out of here. You're such a floozy, and you're not. Yeah, mm, good with. I mean, it. maybe that's. I mean, even even Gifford at the end, like when she when she goes to kiss him and he like grabs yeah, the yeah. side of the chair, yep. like he doesn't actually even touch her. No, no, he which. You know, I get is also probably just supposed to be like he's being a gentleman about it, but also maybe he's homosexual. I could see it happening. Now, Jerry, that's that's news. I mean, this is a, an interesting twist that you're proposing here. I don't know. I didn't see that myself because Jerry seems to be pretty. I don't know, but he'd have to be pretty masculine, like overtly masculine Texan in order to get away in Texas yeah. with actually in this era being homosexual yeah um but he did he is asking another man do you like to dance no 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 no. sid's asking him if he likes to dance well maybe so maybe they're so, all just one big everybody party. it's just oh man <laughs> i just think it's a woman's world because all the men all are, the men are yeah. kissing each other <laughs> in in the best way this movie would be so much better right they yeah they should boy 10 stars and they should all just make lauren bacall the the general manager of the company. Exactly. She should be telling them all what to do, and then they'll <laughs> get off on that, too, on some level, I'm sure. And it'll be just... Right. Yeah, it'll be a big old kink fest. Good saying. for them. Right. It's, you got to do something. It's the 50s, right? It's just boring. I would like these men a whole lot more if they were 
You're making me almost want to watch this over again through the lens lens, of, are all these guys (laughs) hot for each other? Okay, (laughs) yeah. What a twist that would be. Uh, it's not, it's, it, that would be subtext. It is certainly not in the text because these are some just boring fifties white dudes uh, as, as presented anyway. So there, these, these guys are sitting at their table. Meanwhile, Mr. Gifford is dancing, of course, with Carol, the, the go-getter. I don't know. How do we want, want to describe her in a way that's respectful? Social ladder climb. Social ladder climb. Very nicely put. Uh, that one, that one. And she is just putting the moves on and she is just trying to play him like a dime store fiddle. And he's, he's leaning into it. He's fine with it all. He's taking it all in, of course. Then also Liz is dancing then with Bill Baxter. And I forget what they're talking about. Doesn't really matter. Not terribly interesting. Oh, I guess Katie is also dancing with somebody. Who, who is the missing dance partner? Oh, with Tony, probably. Is Tony around? Doesn't fucking matter. Don't worry about it, audience. You don't need to know any of this. All you need to know, it's a woman's world, and these guys are giving each other boardroom handies. Mm. That's all you need to know. <laughs> End of discussion. <laughs> woman's world. Final thoughts. No, no, no. Okay, okay. So. No, um, I wouldn't watch this movie anymore. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wish it was the time to say that. Sorry, you got another hour okay. left. So uh, Mr. Gifford also does an, his own terrible joke, which is, I know we're dancing, but isn't our conversation getting somewhat circular? And then Carol responds Ooh. with the dead laugh of a woman talking to a powerful man. It is. I know we're dancing, but isn't our conversation getting somewhat circular? <laughs> just a classic false, like, I guess I'm here and I have nothing else that I can do but laugh, pretend to laugh at your... <laughs> Joke, Mr. Gifford. Mm. Yeah, so then there's this guy, Tony, dancing with Katie, who is clueless about the job prospect. Hold me closer, Tony Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you Mona. just like Tony yeah. dancing. <laughs> I want to go dancing, Mona. So he... Oh, yeah. So the, And then there's... Okay, so when Tony is dancing, when Tony Danza is dancing with... <laughs> Katie Baxter, he has to teach her about f- what fingers crossed means. Like she should keep her oh fingers God. crossed. And she's sort of like, I don't even know what that is. And he has to, he has to explain like what, you know, this, this, it's like a, what you do when you need good luck or whatever, you cross your fingers. And it just kind of stood out to me because I don't know if how you grew up, Trishman. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the glory of international panel of experts mm-hmm. at being human in the early 21st century, or late 20th century even. But did you, do you remember learning about fingers crossed as a thing? Yes. I just, oh, you do yes. specifically. Yeah. We always knew like, you know, um, if you lie and your fingers are crossed, then, you know, you're, you're telling a lie. But you always but then, knew that, right? Yeah, I always knew that. Okay. And then, you know, I hope it happens. Everyone, you know, cross yeah, your yeah. fingers and cross okay. your toes. You get the yeah, concept. Got it. Right. But mm-hmm. you don't remember the first time that somebody explained that no, concept to you, right? Anyone, it's just a part of just, behavior. Yeah, exactly. It's just a thing that we do. And so it's weird to see a human being teach. <laughs> you didn't need it explained <laughs> yeah, yeah. to you as an to adult see person. One human, <laughs> a human adult teach what another human adult fingers, <laughs> what this is. No, no, just cross them. Like but this? Like, no, 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 no. Like, up, like this? Up. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're one step away from that. And she's like, right. oh, I have no idea. And she does it to a point where she's, and remember, she's clumsy, guys. So she's, she's going to drop some glasses. She's going to, I mean, her fingers are crossed. You can't hold on to a glass when your fingers are crossed like that. But she doesn't know she's new to it. 
it's bizarre. It's like she's an alien. Anyway, it's and it's weird to see it documented mm. in a in a film. But there it is. It's the 1950s. Maybe in this movie, it's not. It's a woman's world. It's an alien's world, and all the women are aliens. It's an alien's world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make this movie yeah, better. No, we have yeah. to find any meaning we can. Keep keep workshopping it. That's that's closer. I mean, <laughs> again, you know, throw some aliens into almost any situation, and I'm I'm ten percent more happy than I was. You know, for right. for real. Mm, okay, so then, she, oh yeah, so Katie's nervous. She spills a drink, and then she puts her foot in her mouth with Mister Gifford about the job because she really does not want her husband to get it because mm. she doesn't want to leave her family or Kansas City. She doesn't want to move to New York. And Mister Gifford's like, "Wow, this is rather interesting that you should say that." Of course, because he is. Mr. Gifford's really getting off on choosing. Right. He's Mr. Choosy, Mr. Yeah. I'm going to be the one to. He has the power. He's the right. he's the bachelorette, right? Yeah. He's the one. He's going to, you know, I'll give my rose to thee. Yeah. So then we get some, after after the Stork Club, we get some nice Ooh. file footage of what I, I'm guessing is Times Square. Is this Times Square? I Seems think so. to be. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to point out this massive series of signs for Bond. Two trouser suits. Two trousers. Which raises a question. Are they talking about pants, a unit of pant leg? I mean, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, or I've heard another podcast talk about this, but units of pants is one pant, one leg of a pair of pants. Is that why it's a pair? Why two trouser suits? Or are they only selling two trousered suits? There's only two when you go into the display room or whatever. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? These are all great questions. Do you have any answers for me? Is it aliens? Maybe it's like for the gay couple so they could like <laughs> okay. be matchy matchy. Okay, good. We're back to the hand jobs. <laughs> yes. Glad. Glad we got back there. A woman's world, a.k.a. handies in the boardroom. <laughs> we have made this movie way more interesting. Also, now that we've zoomed in on this two trouser suit sign right underneath it, it's just a sign that says Hans Christian Andersen. Hey! <laughs> He's playing Times Square, everybody. He's going to do The Little Mermaid tonight. Is it Hans or Hard? A whole new world. It looks like R. Hart. Uh, I mean, that. You're clearly right. Hans Christian Andersen. It's like a cover band of Hans Christian Andersen's greatest. I mean, he would have. He almost says Kanye on the name. <laughs> it does almost say Kanye. Oh, that's. You know who that is, though? I bet you that's Danny Kay. <laughs> But that is Danny Kaye. Uh, who was a... Danny Kaye's a dancer, right, Carolyn? Yes. Okay. So he's dancing for Hans Christian Andersen. He's opening for Hans Christian Andersen. Can't read the rest of the sign there, but that what, what a bill that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Meanwhile, they are... Everybody is sort of recapping the evening, mm. right? So, yeah. So Bill Baxter is just reassuring Katie and the cab on the way back. You did great. Don't worry about it. I know you're anxious. Don't worry about it. And the Talbots are also sort of de- stressing, yes, debriefing, wondering what their positioning is. Um, Carol has an idea of what position she would like to be in. Uh, also, I've always wondered where the girl with the pearl e- earring was. Yeah, from. that was really interesting. It turns out it's at the plaza. <laughs> picture was right there. Yeah. This is uh, who is it? Is this a Vermeer? Okay, yes, it yeah. Is a Vermeer. So the. Uh, Yes, original Vermeer's hang in the plaza. That's the type mm-hmm. of 
splashing out that Gifford Motors does. Here, have a have a wonderful Plaza Suite and also some uh, notorious Dutch art. Enjoy. But the conversation they're having is that Jerry is a little bit annoyed with Carol's flaunting of her mm-hmm. boobies all over the goddamn place. Honey, look, I appreciate... I'm a man, baby, and those are my boobies. Well, no, 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 I don't... Uh, that's... <laughs> Carolyn, I, normally I would agree with you, but in this situation, this one time, I will object because he basically says, I just want to do this my way. I don't need you to flex your boobs to get what I want. I believe in myself and my abilities or whatever. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, I, I mean, this, you know... Check with the matriarchy here. Is that cool if we allow Jerry this one win? Oh, we should allow him to get his role by the merits of his um, <laughs> resume <laughs> and personality, whereas I will forever okay. be judged okay. by my boobies. Rejected by the council. Right. I'm fine with it. Bye. It's okay. Stretchman <laughs> is not shedding a tear for, for poor Jerry Talbot over there, who just wants to make it on his own merits. Uh, (laughs) it's a tough crowd well this is why if we're gonna overthrow the patriarchy it starts it starts with jerry (laughs) talbot poor jerry i think poor jerry i think this guy he's just he just wants to have do a good job Uh, that's that's my read on is that what he wants to do i talk as much shit as any of y'all about Okay, men in these this, movies for this one instance this one okay. scene okay. just give me this one okay. slice of a scene okay okay i mean carolyn i i guess i have to carolyn, it's a cool I mean, convincing I, in person we- i think that we can acknowledge that he's aware that his wife is hawking her wares yeah yeah and so to and, speak and all I'm saying he's is that like, he's not saying, honey, boobies away. get over there and hawk your wares. That's true. He's flash like, him, flash him those fabulous that. gals. I understand. Whip them out and and we'll get to where we want to be. He's just like, I'm a salesman. I do. Mm. So I'm, you know, Shrishman's not in No, I <laughs> but I can, But I can also, I can also argue, I'll be devil's advocate and argue, oh, I'm sorry. Are my tits in the way of your promotion? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So tough crowd. Justin. Yeah, that's uh, that's okay. I don't give a shit. I mean, I get it. I want to acknowledge that. Yes, he wants to get it on his own merit. That's, okay, oh, that's the only point I was trying boobies. to make. That's it. That's it. I get that. I just uh, I know. But like, we don't want to give. Is it really on his own merit if he's like a middle aged white man in America in the nineteen fifties? <sighs> this is the point, right? Right. This <laughs> is what you were fair. saying. Yeah. I get it. I get Absolutely it. I get it. Fine. Fair. Fine. I we're just... not going to shed a tear for Jerry. <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry. Get out of right. here. Take your Vermeer and leave. Thank <laughs> you. Please and thank you. Go take your integrity somewhere else. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not wanted here. Only boobs and hand jobs. <laughs> now. <laughs> Guys, this could be our best episode. (laughs) Hey, everybody, it's me, mid-roll Jay-Z, breaking in here per use to bust up the flow and to let you know what is going on outside of this program here with Old Movie Time Machine this week. It's a very special time. October is approaching, of course, which means that we are kicking off what we are going to call Hitchcocktober. That's right, it's a bunch of thrilling suspense by the master of such things, Alfred Hitchcock. We're going to be watching three, count them, three Hitchcock movies in a row in October and talking about them as we do here on Old Movie Time Machine. So, 
At the end of the show, of course, you know, we always announce what next week's program is going to be about. So I will I will save for you the itinerary so it can be a little surprise, a little incentive for you to finish this episode. You do not want to miss the rest of Woman's World, for God's sake, and its glittery globe. So just be aware that as October approaches, October actually morphs into Hitchcocktober, only here on Old Movie Time Machine. That's it for now. We just need you to listen. Also, five-star reviews. Also, buy a t-shirt. I, I don't know. And if you do, I will thank you like I will right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. Meanwhile, the men are off touring the line over at the plant, the Gifford plant. In what I have to assume is New Jersey, maybe? I mean, it's like they're in the middle of Manhattan for most of the time. I honestly... I. Um, and I know, I realize, you know, you and I are from Michigan. Mm. Or I'm like, where are you making yeah, cars in, in the tri-state <laughs> area? Yeah, no, Please no. tell me because I'm like, this where? Yeah, where? yeah. Um, I mean, even Jersey is a push because that's mostly turnpike. So mm. where are you going to fit? Yeah, I, <laughs> it's needless to say. So they drive I've into the UN building. Are they? And then they show the shot of the. I think I'd find uh, uh, well, I mean, they, they do drive, it, they do go in here, right? Or it seems like, it seems like I they do, know. but I, it, they, we just By leave the them way, there, that know. whole, it does, it does not look like it's a very secure mm. building. Oh, you don't think yeah. that, the, that the one guy over here, that one derpy guard over there is like, doing any who good? looks like he's a bellhop from the Plaza Hotel. Hey, there's James Bond. <laughs> oh, this one right here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trench coated they don't even have a like a gate arm over here it's no, just it's not, just an open nothing. gate into the un come one come all it's we're united here who would fuck with the un so then we go to the proving ground i just like this sign what is proving ground proving ground is where they test all the prototypes right okay. so that's the the big track that they're all going around i just like this sign this is the 1940s and 50s were a golden age for casual signage signage yeah i mean the, the <laughs> down to the sans serif font the this sort of stylized curvy arrow and everything the fact that these letters are dimensional it's uh it's incredible and so here we are at the proving ground mr gifford is spending some time with his Boys, his, his gentlemen callers, mm. his, his, uh, he's testing on the handies. He's <laughs> deciding. He's deciding who he's going to give his. May I see your wrist, <laughs> Mister Burns? Mm, he's supple, <laughs> but he's strong for us. Yeah, <laughs> good endurance. Sorry. <laughs> No, no apologies. We, we're we all participating. We're all guilty of the boardroom handjob <laughs> bit. <laughs> this could all just be done in like, uh, um, what do I want to say? Like a, a Greek spa or something yeah. where oh, yeah. they're just all sitting around in towels like, or a sauna. Yeah, right, right. A Turkish bath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just go there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so he is sort of. He's taking his boys for a test drive <laughs> at the proving ground. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take you to the proving ground and give you a spin, a couple of laps. Do we also want to talk about how, um, you know, Ford at mm. this particular time was trying to live his, his uh, best eugenics life? Mm. Now, when did, <laughs> when did old man Ford die? Do we know that? Was it... 
Well, okay. But I also wouldn't be surprised if much like our space program mm. in this era, how many Nazis were hired. That's true. Well, and, we, and we've, we will be talking shit. about Operation, Operation Paperclip, Paperclip very, very shortly <laughs> in the, in the upcoming weeks. But certainly this is the, the same age as the kickoff of the space program. So we're seeing, you know, again, the mind of the United States is on these sort of like, well, how are we going to fly our cars mm. when we finally set up our apartments on the moon? That's really where Henry they're Ford thinking. died in 1947. 47. Okay. Okay. So they could safely sort of parody him with Mr. Gifford at this point. Although Ford is a very remains at this point a very powerful entity that right. decline of the american automobile industry doesn't start happening until the 60s i would say right. so at this point it's all about ford's baby boy hank the deuce trying to fill his father's large anti-semitic shoes uh right it just you know it's one of those things that uh well, Henry Ford was an incredibly powerful man in the world. He was. For somebody who made cars, right? So he was a, um, he had anti-Semitic opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, and it's, it's not even like. He also was one of those that was kind of interested in the whole eugenics thing yeah. in general, which the, yes. I mean, like Charles Lindbergh was, was one oh, of hell those. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, this was an era where there were a lot of mm, ideas floating mm. in the ether that people were picking up on. But yes, the anti-Semitic aspect is not even a matter of debate where it's like, well, he, somebody once heard him say right. this or he was known. Oh, no. I mean, he, yeah. So there's a text called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Mm-hmm. It comes out of Eastern Europe or Russia, somewhere from there, probably somewhere in the 18th, 19th century. And it's where this conspiracy theory that is ongoing, continues to this day, comes from that there is a secret cabal of Jewish people who are controlling the world's money, this whole fallacy, right? So all of that is outlined in this text, the Protocols of the Elders. You mean the Illuminati? I was going to say, it sounds a lot like the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? It's it's the same principle, right? It was written as like, oh, this is an ancient text. This is a, Mm. you know, this is secret knowledge or whatever. But it was really written contemporaneous to when, you know, the 19th century somewhere. So it could just be written by like... Just some, anybody, anybody could have written it. And just... Joseph Smith. Doesn't like Jewish people, right? Mormons. Right. And and anti-Semitism is huge. It's all the rage in Europe and, and Asia, you know. Anywhere, really, for all time. They've had quite a go of it. Uh, anyway, so Henry Ford takes this document and he starts republishing it for the United States, oh, for them to, you know, to okay. and, and puts real money and uh, resources right. into it and, and tries right. to get that going, basically. Boy, he made that assembly line, though, right? That's a thing. I mean, he revolutionized automobile manufacture. Yeah, yeah. Where would we be without that? Wheels Justin? for the world. I, hey, no, I, I'm not disputing that. It was certainly massive, especially for where we grew up. It's everywhere. It's, right. you know, yeah, it's, you're in um, Michigan. Yeah, right. Detroit. Right. So, Wasn't that where the factory was? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So more likely than not, Somebody in your family is working for that, you know, that industry on some level. Anyway, we don't get any, we don't get any anti-Semitism from Mr. Gifford, but just know that it's probably there. Right. And such were the times. (laughs) I mean, there's no, I mean, we don't know. There's definitely no like people of color. No. I didn't notice any people of color in this film at all. Right. Anybody got Uh one? Okay. Uh So just representation watch there. It's a zero. <laughs> it's low. It's very nothing low. to watch. Yeah, nothing to see here. It's a woman's world. Yeah, it's, it's barely any women filled in with it. old white men. Yeah, right. 
So the guys talk about how great Mr. Briggs was during this time. They, they kind of meander their way into the upholstery room, mm. which is, uh, I mean, it, it is very cinematic, the different colors of leather mm-hmm. that they are putting on their different seats and everything. And so they wander in here and take a seat and Mr. Gifford takes his shoes off to rub his feet. Thanks a lot for that old man next to these built in, like these <laughs> upright ashtrays in, in the display room, a new level of smoking. They, it is display room. <laughs> display room smoking is available upon request. <laughs> and so I have to imagine that like, they just knew the company made a decision. HR made a decision at some point, like, okay, Guys, the upholstery room, it's filled with seats. We all know that anybody going in there is going to sit on those seats. We have a real problem, though. I mean, people are burning holes into mm. this fresh upholstery. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, throw some ashtrays in there. You know, the, yeah. we can't get them to not smoke. They're always going to be smoking, and they're always going to be sitting if a seat is available, which this room is entirely made of seats. He then lets the guys know that, hey, after dinner tonight, I'm going to make my big decision. So get ready for that. And this is just the power trip that he gets off on. This, this is his sexuality is the power thing. This is, he likes, you know, he's, he's into the power more than the people. So then as the, as, as the couples are then preparing for the big final Mm -hmm. dinner and getting all sorted, Carol, she of the of of classic boobies fame, you know, using them and losing them as she sees fit. She this has to go down early to get a cocktail. That's right. She's she's pulling this move again. She's she made a, a late entrance before. This time she's playing the early entrance card where she mm-hmm. uh, corners Mister Gifford in his private, his sweet office, his excellent library. Again, the rooms in this place. I mean, I hate them for having them, but I love the place itself. It's great. And she's very, you know, plays her little coy game and he plays right back. And she's like, you know, I just want, I just want to put in another good word for Jerry, my man, Jerry over there. He doesn't really talk himself up and he really should. And, you know, he's cause he is something else. And. I would like to put in a good word for him. And Mr. Gifford is like, well, uh, I would like you to know that he is my favorite. Now, she takes this to mean that he has been chosen for the position. And she sort of takes it further down that line of like, well, that's great news for me then, isn't it? And also possibly great news for you. How can I show my gratitude for your feelings towards my husband? May I give you a kiss? And she kisses this old man. and <laughs> To shock. And he is like, hmm, that's something. And then <laughs> he makes it clear that, by the way, I have not chosen him for this position. I just wanted a smooch from you. You heard what you wanted to you hear. You heard what you wanted to hear because I lied to your face, basically. I mean, come on. He was telegraphing. Whatever he can play the you know the the lawyer game of you know what does a word mean you know <laughs> like what is I said this and you interpreted this whatever he knew what he was doing make no mistake about it and obviously he let her do it too now if he wanted to catch her in her web of deceit and lies that she has been weaving he could have stopped her right before she kissed him and been like ah and you have fallen right into my trap but no he takes the kiss <laughs> he lets her. 
he takes advantage of her putting the moves on for her benefit and she and he spins it to his benefit which is getting kissed by this beautiful woman and then he smugly tells her to go piss off because she's a liability i mean not really that doesn't really happen and she stomps back upstairs she is outraged and she tells jerry all about it uh, well, not all about it, but she he's he's been around long enough to know the fill in the blanks what's going on with Carol. And she is not impressed with his response and starts talking about the previous uh, occasions in which she has helped boost his career by, you know, fucking his colleagues or whatever, or or I fucking his colleagues or smooching his colleagues, whatever, whatever they're doing. And he's he gets a real measure of who his wife is, you would think he would know by now, but he seems rather not surprised, but sort of like, ah, so this is how it is. And he is very turned off by it, pulls out her suitcase mm-hmm. and is like, well, you're done. We're, we are done with this right here. So you can pound sand, you know, pack it up. We'll see you later. You're not coming to dinner. This is over. And so they, we finally get to this dinner, you guys, the big finale dinner, which nobody eats because they're all too nervous. You know, I would not eat either. No. It's like a big decision. Like, tell us and then we'll fucking eat. Yeah, stop, yeah, stop jerking my chain, man, and just let it out, which is what his sister tells him, basically. Like, will yes. you stop fucking with these people? Stop toying with them and just, let, you know, nobody's eating anything. What a waste. All of this is a huge waste. And exactly. It all could have been an email. This whole movie, <laughs> well, yeah, seriously, <laughs> could have been an email. Dude, but is this is this too far removed from the modern equivalent, which is these? I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the 360 degree yeah. performance review or yeah. whatever, where it's like we're going to talk to your family, and we're going to talk mm. to your colleagues, and we're going to talk to your, you know, whoever the fuck in your life. We're talking to everybody in your life about you to find out about you mm. and who you are. We're, this is the same thing in yeah. a sense, you know, we're not that far removed from yeah. it. This is uh, like, I could see this happening at like some Silicon Valley mm-hmm. tech yeah, company sure. or like, like consultancies, like well, the big consultants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this would be the equivalent. I mean, the Gifford automobiles is one of the largest companies in the U S we're led to right. believe. Right. Absolutely. Everybody's driving Giffords out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got a Gifford. I got a Gifford. Well, um, I will because that's what I'm taking for the boom room. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, a little sneak preview there, the boom room. Anyway, old man Gifford is like, all right, well, fine. Fine, I'll, I will stop playing my little mind games and I will get to the point. After I give this little speech where he goes around. After I give a little speech where yeah, I yeah, compliment yeah. everyone. Right. <laughs> you, Bill Baxter, you're a solid dude. Your wife's a train wreck. But I believe in you and it doesn't, you know, uh, you would succeed anywhere. I, I think you're the best and I love you, son. And then he goes over to Sid Burns and he's like, you, son, you are also, you know, hardworking and, you know, you worked, you started in the plant and you've mastered every task we've given you. Uh, I would be proud to have you in this position. Great job, son. And he's like, thank you, dad. And then he goes around to Jerry Talbot. He's like, Jer, tell you what. You were not the man for the position. You are, you're good at what you do, but you know, I'm not just analyzing you. I'm analyzing the people around you too. And you had a handicap. Fatal handicap. A fatal handicap, no less. Uh uh And you had uh, an extra appendage that was rotting, that was gangrenous, and it was rotting your opportunities for this position. 
And I thought you couldn't do it, but all of a sudden, this. I thought you couldn't divest yourself of that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, though, rotting this, appendage. This this handicap has been cast aside of your own volition. And I'll tell you what, that means you, Charlie Bucket, have won the keys to the chocolate factory. And uh-huh. I'm going to give you all the fizzy lifting drinks that you want. Congratulations. You have got the job, sir. And everybody is actually. Because now that your wife's out of the way, you can give me a great hand job. In the well, right, right. Yeah. Now that we got these, these, these voluptuous tits out of the way, it's just you and me, Jer. See you at the boardroom. Close the door behind you. Thanks. And everybody's very relieved because everybody is getting what they want, what they truly want. Mm-hmm. But they're also getting approval from daddy. And that is also what they all want as well. And Which is when he says the line, it's a great big woman's world only because men are in it. That's right. Well, and fuck you, daddy Warbucks. And that's it. Daddy Warbucks closes it down <laughs> with a special thank you for, to, for Ford Motors and their concept cars. And we're done. We're out of woman's world. What a ride. Yeah. <sighs> Can I also just go during the, during the tea? Hour? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did anyone else seem to catch uh, when after the tea was spilled on the dress that um, Lauren Bacall and What's Her Butt were still in the room and their conversation was was very much about um, how a woman's worth is yes. giving her husband children. Children, exactly. And that's uh. when she was like, that's when she made this. I don't know what she said, but she was something like. Something's the most, and I was like, okay. That, oh, she she says that to the sister. Like, no, she says it mm-hmm. uh, to, to Carol, Sophia, to Carol, the titty lady. <laughs> She's, she she says so it to Boobs it, McGee. She yeah, says that they're both sitting there. Like those two went off, yeah. and they're both sitting there. And I forget what they're talking about, but I just remember she's like, "Well, it's the most." I thought she said that to Sophia. Okay, all right, I'll take your word for it. But yeah, it. It's great. That's a drop. We'll make. Right. We get. We'll Definitely. need to use that because some things fucking are the most. Yeah. You know, Lauren Bacall herself is the most. Right. <laughs> You're the most. So here we are at the end of Woman's World. Clearly, we're all in love with this film. End of program. No, 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 no. Okay, Shrishma Nike. Mm. The ultimate question: Woman's World, 1954. Lauren Bacall. Do we keep watching this? No. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. I didn't like this movie. I, it was not even fun to watch. No, like outside of what the message—it's the same message. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've seen this one before, have you? So we've seen as you as you clearly like mapped out earlier. Yeah. You go from high school to yeah. college to early working life, and mm. this is like late life, and mm-hmm. it's all the same. Like, yeah, same message, same same positioning. And here it's like even worse because you've already kind of, now you're in the marriage, and even within the marriage, it's like you're a trophy wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can't be more obvious, like they say it, you know, as long, so. Well, and this is a very, this is a very mid-1950s movie. I said it last week when we were setting this up, is like, this is, even though it's only five years removed from the best of everything, those five years are five years further away from the 60s where things start to change and progress a little bit in a way that we're more familiar with. So this is very foreign to us modern eyes, I think. Carolyn Arrows, Woman's yes. World from 1954, the great year. Do we keep watching this thing? Hard no. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
hard no. Especially because I, mean, I think I it's just... caused some discord in your personal life also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it just brings up stuff that it just truly goes against my core values. And, you know, Shrish, when you've said it before, watching any number of these films, like, I would not have survived the 1950s. <laughs> I, I just am so frustrated that over and over and over again, the messaging for women is very much like only if you're a wife and a mother, like that's your only role Mm -hmm. in life. And if Mm -hmm. you have anything outside of that, there's something wrong with you. And I will say, I feel like in women of my, certainly my own generation in and around my own age, I don't even, you know, maybe 10 years older than me or a little bit more, I would say like, I don't feel that judgment anymore. But certainly, like, generationally, I mean, I I feel like I'm now past the age where people ask me if I'm going to have kids. I would be like, (laughs) (laughs) but in my 20s, a lot. And even, you know, when when I was first married to David, people would be like, you sure you don't want your own kids? I'd be like, yes, I am so (laughs) sure. (laughs) I am so good with that decision. Mm -hmm. And... You know, so it's to a certain extent that it, I just have a hard time stomaching this just being beaten over the head again and again, again and yeah. again and again. That the only mm-hmm. thing that we're good for is taking care of man babies and having their babies. So it's so it's a no from you, Carolyn. Yeah, it's a no from me. And I also say, no, I'm not having my own children. Guys, it's a no for me as well. This movie is a zero. <laughs> You know, I can, there are a couple of things I can take away from it as far as like, you know, I love stock footage right. <laughs> of the era of this, you know, this says miles of it. And uh, the cars are very nice to look at. Lauren Bacall, always right. stunning. You know, I, I love, I love I think, her style. Yeah, she was like, probably like the, the silver lining in this movie. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a, uh, there's nothing of value here that we need. It's, it's boring it goes nowhere, you know, even the, the style that we love from these, you know, the aesthetic style of this, this era is nowhere near close to saving it. It's not even like a borderline, like, well, you know, I like the supermarket, so maybe it's uh this is, it's a zero. So this is a no for me. Also Jurassic world is a no for me. <laughs> as far Same. as I'm concerned, it's a woman's Jurassic world. You guys. <laughs> it's a woman's Jurassic World. You know, I think I've, I think I, I have a reason as why I dislike these movies so much. Oh, outside other of the, than the mess- obvious, right? Okay, okay. Because I think like when I watch Bollywood movies and like you know, I come from India and all this stuff, like we always look to America, America to be more like f- like open minded and more mm. equal mm-hmm. and more like. You know, the, Who told the you bastion that? of freedom and equality, blah, blah. So to see that it's like it was exactly the same messaging, yeah. I think that's what's disappointing. Sure. Me. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what India's messaging is about. It's pretty much the same. About <laughs> what, you know, how it likes to represent itself. But, you know, the United States loves patting itself right. on the back about how fucking great we are with right. equality and, yeah. you know, freedom. But our men are men and our women have babies. Right. Exactly. Freedom isn't Which is pretty yes. much the same story in my motherland. Okay. So. I mean, but I just feel like you guys aren't claiming to be the, the best oh, of all that's things. Fair. That's true. We definitely are. Right. So USA number okay. one, obviously. <clears throat> okay, you guys. So that does it for Woman's World. But let's talk about next week. 
And I believe now that we have concluded our mini arc about women mm. in the era. We're talking about This men. is how you're looking. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because we're headed into. October. Am I right? You're right. We're headed into the spooky season, you guys. Mm. And it's something that we are calling Hitchcocktober. And this is a thrilling series of suspense. We're going to do three Hitchcocks in a row. So if you've been tuning out for some of these, you know, like you're like Dragnet, who gives a shit? I understand. I totally get it. Right. I see the numbers. I know that sometimes you don't want to watch man's favorite sport. Question mark. Girls. Um, <laughs> long live the Prentissants. Um, But you definitely want to watch the Hitchcocks. Right. This is one of the masters of cinema. Right. This is the one of the best guys to ever do it. So these are quality films at the very least. Whether or not they pass the smell test that we're going to run them through is another question entirely. But at least these were made with craft and care and will be entertaining. They remain entertaining, lo, these many decades later. So Hitchcocktober, this is it, you guys. It's scary. Tell all your friends. These are the ones you want to tune in for. Starting with next week, we kick off the month. With 1955's The Trouble with Harry. Mm. Chosen this one. It's a little bit more obscure, right? It's not your vertigo level Hitchcock where it's a household name kind of thing. But it definitely has the right kind of autumn vibes that we're going for. It's kind of fun. Dead bodies. Mm. Maybe some kind of haunting or something like that. Let's see what it says. The Trouble with Harry is that he is dead. And while no one really minds, everyone feels responsible. After Harry's body is found in the woods, several locals must determine not only how and why he was killed, but what to do with the body. Mm. Next week, on Old Movie Time Machine. Have a cookie. Cookie. Thank you very much, me from the past. And so concludes yet another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. Wow, could be the best one yet. But you tell me, and the gals, of course, write us at partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. Also, real quick, just wanted to do a uh, real-time correction here. I said that Henry Ford II was Henry Ford's son. It's his grandson. His son is Edsel, who then begat Hank the Deuce. I'm sorry, all you gearheads out there. I, I caught it. I caught it as soon as I played it back and listened to it. I was like, I don't think that's right. So excuse me for my ignorance on the Ford family lineage. This does not... Changed the fact that they built a lot of cars and provided wheels for the world and also did a lot of horrible shit with their money, too. But anyway, please be aware that if you enjoyed this program, there's actually twice as much of it in existence over on our Patreon page. We call it the Boom Room. The link is in the show notes as ever. Just click on that guy. Sign up. Two bucks a month. You're going to get twice the awesome content that you're getting here on the free feed. You don't want to miss it, you guys. We've got a nice little community building up over there. And uh, they're getting all the inside jokes, all of the drops, everything. It's all there on the Patreon. So join us there. As for next week, 1955's The Trouble with Harry. That's right. I know you've never heard of this before, but it exists. And it is, seriously, guys, like the most fall movie ever. So if you want to get into an autumnal state of mind, this is the one you want to dial up. And have a watch before we talk about it next Wednesday. 
And this is available for you on the interwebs at the following locations for rent or purchase. Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Voodoo, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Store. Is that what it is? Microsoft Store. That's right. Redbox, DirecTV, and probably other places. Go find it. It's a Hitchcock. It is wildly competent compared to the rest of the shit we've been watching lately. And you know you want to see some of that. Uh, cleanse your palate with with a, a classic, you know, or a near classic. This isn't like vertigo level, but it's pretty fucking good compared to, I mean, Woman's World, for God's sake. We just spent like two hours on this thing. So join us next week, The Trouble with Harry. And until then, this has been Old Movie Time Machine. <laughs>